Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. On a nice Saturday morning, Teresa Rooney, quite different than when you joined us last last week. (laughs) Wow. Wow. 39 is the official Twin City temperature reading. And if you're just joining us, uh, thanks for doing so. Smart Gardens around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, brought to us by our good friends, at By the Yard, down in Jordan, Minnesota, that makes uh, the best patio furniture in the whole world. they got an open house coming up a week from today. We'll uh, talk about that. In the meantime, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is back with us in studio answering your questions, either by phone or by text. In fact, Teresa, let me give you those uh, numbers, those okay. folks the numbers so they can get to it. Uh, we've cleared the lines. The folks are calling in right now as we speak. 651-989-9226. If you'd rather send a text like some folks are doing, 81807. We were, again, thinking about the, the change in the for- or change in the weather from mm-hmm. last week. And I asked you off the air, is, you know, uh, the, 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 shrub, the shrubs, the plants, are they hurt at all? Because all of a sudden, we're all surprised, including them. No, no, because it wasn't even that cold. That's true. And it was just, as you mentioned, snow, moisture. Yeah. It's just all good stuff to get into the soil. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I'm not sure if we'll get any questions about raking the yards yet. But don't not rake your yet. yard. <laughs> I bet we do. Though. I bet we do. Or creeping Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's another thing. <laughs> but we, the lines are open again. If you want to give us a shout or send a text, eight one eight zero seven. You know, Bill is the first. I tell you what. Let's just see if we can't field as many calls. As let's we can. do that. Bill in Victoria is with us. Thanks, Bill. What is your question for Teresa? Hi, Bill. Thank you. I called in. I've got a question about all my arborvitaes. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, I had three technical arborvitaes mm-hmm. and then five hence midget arborvitaes, mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing those things right. One is techni and the other is hence midget. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've all, with the past two snowstorms and the drifting, mm-hmm. they're now open, but they're all falling down, and the centers on the Midget ones are all open. Mm-hmm. Will they come back, or is that they? They might come back. Uh, you'll have to let them see what's going to happen with the heavy snow. They do the arborvitaes with the multi trunks do tend to do that, um, and they should come back if you want. Once everything warms up, and and if you think oh they're not coming back, you can gently tie them back together with pantyhose. Um, just get some inexpensive pantyhose and, and gently just tie them loosely together, and that will help them to come up because they want to grow straight up anyway. That's What, what they kind want of do. hose is that? Pantyhose. 
Okay. Nylons, ladies' nylons. Um, buy them at the cheap dollar store or something. Doesn't matter what color. And then next year, what you might want to do, anyone who has arborvitaes that split like that, you may want to just put something around some of the trunks in the in the fall, just to pre- just to prevent that. Okay. Well, thank you very very much. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they'll come back. Hopefully, because they will. the. Technical or whatever, the they're, they're starting to fall down to the branches. Right, right, and because they do have so many, um, so many different trunks in there, that's what happens sometimes to those. Very good, Bill. Thank you Thank for the you, call. Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill leaves that line open six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll get to the text messages in a moment. By the way, that text number eight one eight zero seven. Teresa Rebecca is on the line from Coon Rapids. Good morning, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. How can we help How you? How can we help you? Uh, yes, two questions. Is it too late to trim the oak trees? Yes. We didn't want to come back. It's been too cold and we just got back. <laughs> I, I would say it's too late. I've, I've seen insects out. I wouldn't do it now. Okay. And then um, does the ground have to be a certain temperature before you try to pick up the leaves that from the oak trees? You know, the temperature is not what's important. What is important is how moist it is, and the ground is way too wet. If the ground was frozen solid, you could pick up the oak tree leaves. Okay. If the ground is starting to thaw and it's wet and squishy, do not step on it. So okay. stay off your lawns and everything. If it's wet, squishy, don't go on it. Okay, thank you. you All right, Rebecca. Thank you. Rebecca leaves that line open, 651-989-9226, here on CCO Smart Garden Show. Uh, Teresa, a texter says, and you're going to have to help me with this, what, what's with, with, maybe with what, and when should an autumn blaze maple tree be treated for red dots, eggs, prevention on leaves? Do you know what that texter means? Um, it, it could be some galls that they're seeing on the okay. leaves or some, or they might be seeing some rust on the leaves. Uh, it's really not a problem for the plant. Um, you'd have to know exactly what it is. Uh, the insect eggs on the leaves are not a problem. Don't worry about those at all. And if there is a disease, you have to make sure you know which disease you're running into, and then you'll know how to treat it and when to treat it. So it really depends on what it is. But, um, I, usually the maples are pretty, pretty healthy and they don't succumb to a lot of diseases. Pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Text number 81807 for Teresa. Uh, we just purchased, Texter says, a house this winter. Oh, congrats. And I'd love to start a garden this spring. What's mm-hmm. the best way to start a garden if there's grass in the area that I want to plant? Okay. Well, you could, you could dig it up. You could remove the turf and then put add some amend, amend the soil with some compost. Or you can just uh, cut the turf really short, lay down, uh, get the soil wet, lay down some newspaper, get that wet, and then put some compost or, or potting or um, garden soil on top of that, and then just plant that way. Um, it either way works really well. Just make sure you look up to see how sunny it's going to be, and that you're planting the right plant in the right place. Okay. Again, text number is eight one eight zero seven, or call us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Texter says, "What causes?" Leaf damage on boxwood. You and I were talking about boxwood a bit ago. It, what causes a seams browner this year? How yep. to prevent this? Yep, that's that's probably a winter burn that you're seeing there. Ah. And they may not have gotten enough moisture going into the fall. So because they have their leaves on all winter, just like the evergreens have their needles on all winter, they're they're losing more moisture to the air than than the trees that, that drop their leaves. So eventually they run out of moisture in their roots and then the leaves die. Um, a little bit of browning, that's not going to be a problem. You just wait until the plant comes out of dormancy, see what greens up again. If it doesn't green up, just gently cut it out 
and, and it should fluff out in that area. But that's what you're seeing is a winter burn, so you have to, you have to check that. Keep it well watered in the fall. All right, let's see. Getting a lot of text messages, 81807. Okay. Let's and see. And if we can't get to them, they should go to the extension.umn.edu, well, especially the person starting the garden. Yeah, that good point. That will give that person really good ideas. Yeah, tell us that website because that is re- mm-hmm. a great resource. Yeah. Extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab and be fascinated. Very good. Yes, a lot of good <laughs> stuff there. All right, let's see. Text message. We have a, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I have a maple tree. Mm-hmm. I want to get these in order here. Okay. I have a maple tree which was planted too deeply last year in clay soil. I'm considering having it removed and planting a new maple. Please advise. Yep, you can do. You can pull it up um, and then replant it this fall, this spring, um, as soon as the ground's workable, or just take it out and put in another tree. Especially with clay soil, I've got to plant those plants a little bit higher. And maples get uh, girdling roots really easy, so there, it's extremely important to plant your maple. Um, so that first that first root that comes out of the out of the uh, the root ball is right at the surface or just below. And understand, maples like to have their roots right at the surface, and they pop out of the out of the ground. That's what maple trees do. So if you're planting a lawn and you don't like roots on the surface, don't plant a maple. Plant something else. All right, very good. You know what? We need to take a break. Okay. Should we do that? We can okay. do that. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or uh, send a text, 81807. Our Smart Garden Show returns here on a Saturday where it's 39 degrees. We might hit 60 today. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on 830 WCCO. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is in studio helping you out by phone or by text. There's a line open if you'd like to use it, 651-989-9226. Or send a text, 81807. Teresa Craig is calling in from Boston Blake, I believe. Craig, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Craig. Good morning, Teresa. I'm glad I got through. I am, too. Uh, yeah, I bought a place in near Balsam Lake, Wisconsin, here four years ago, and it's got four apple trees. Mm-hmm. And the first year I was there, uh, three of them produced some apples, mm-hmm. uh, but they've gone, I don't know if you want to call it dormant, or they're just not producing like they should. Mm-hmm. And there are some red pines near it, and a couple of the branches of the red pines, they're taller, of course, mm-hmm. kind of overhang it. I don't know if the shade, mm-hmm. but I guess my question is, when's the best time to prune apple trees? That would have been February, March. Oh, boy. Uh, so it's not a good now. Um, it's it's a little late uh, to prune them um, because there could be fungal diseases out there even at this time, um, and you, you don't want to kill your apple trees. They do need full sun to uh, to ha- to bring the bring the fruit. So they do need that. Um, are you seeing flowers? Uh, not yet. I mean, no, not yet. I'm sorry. Oh. Other years. Um, do they flower nicely for you? Um, it's like I said, they've kind of regressed mm-hmm. uh, each year mm-hmm. and I attributed it to the shade from the, the red pine. That's but... what I would attribute it to also. It's, they okay. do need full sun. So the less, the more sun they're going to get, the better they'll flower. And then when oh, you see the good. flowers, you're going to see the pollination, and then you'll see sure. the apples. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very and, much, And go, you can go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu. That will give you some really good ideas about how to trim those trees to maybe take advantage of what little sun there might be there. And maybe if you could trim back one of the branches on the, on the red pines, although you might not want to do that. Maybe it's time to find a, a sunnier place and, and plant a new apple tree or two. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. All right Craig. <laughs> Never enough apple trees. Never enough. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Good luck with that. Marlene is calling from Buffalo, I believe. Hi, Marlene. Hi, Marlene. Hello, Hello. Marlene. Hi. How can we help you today? Um, I brought up my uh, geranium plant in the house last uh, fall and have kept it watered all winter. Mm-hmm. It has grown to three feet tall. Mm-hmm. And it's now covered with blossoms. Oh, how beautiful. How do I plant it outside in the flower garden? Um, well, you'd want, you'd want to wait. Uh, you can be fertilizing it now because it is blooming uh, or it will be blossoming. Um, you want to um, just plant it, wait till the ground's nice and warm, and then you would just plant it right out as you would any other plant. If it's too big, go ahead and cut it back. You know, cut it down by a third or a quarter, whatever makes you happy that if so it fits in the size again. And just transplant it gently into the into the garden. It will be just fine. All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Enjoy. Marlene. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Back to the text messages, Teresa. We have a spruce tree, Texter says, more than 60 years old mm-hmm. that has been losing its bark since December. Why is that and what can we do? Oh, Hmm. I'm I'm not really sure. Um, I would I would you know a tree like that is something that you'd want your arborist to look at because it's such a vital part of your environment. So I would have an arborist come out. It could just be some bark defoliation. It could just be naturally that it's shedding its bark. But um, I would want to make sure that you don't have bark beetles or anything like that in there. I would probably get an arborist, a certified arborist, come out to look at it. Especially a friend that's been around that long. Especially, yeah, and there's such a big part of your your yeah. ecology, your community, your your yard. You know, you have a lot of history with that tree, and big big trees add a lot of of money to your landscape. They make your landscape very they they add more value to yeah, your landscape. True, you know. So you want to so either your city forester or ask for an arborist to come out. Okay. Texter says, hello, I have large globe arborvitae lining my walk. They got flattened. Can I prune them into a shrub? Oh, well, you could try. You know, if you if it's a, if it's a, a case between you're going to take them out or you're going to, like, either prune them back, go ahead and prune them back, see how they respond. Um, sometimes major pruning can, can really hurt a big plant like that because they, they do, they need those le- needles, they need those, those green that green to, to supply the energy, and you'd be cutting an awful lot off. But you could try it. There's no rules against it. Yeah. Or there's no laws against it. It they may it may work. It may not work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Texture says, no snow in Alexandria. All right. Is it good time to treat Creeping Charlie? <laughs> if you see Creeping Charlie out there and it's blooming already, you go ahead and treat it. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't, uh, isn't fall, fall generally the, the best time, time yeah. for it's that? When yeah. It's when it's blooming or after the first frost in the fall are the best times to hit Creeping Charlie. Mm-hmm. Texter says, when is a good time to fertilize lilacs with nitrogen? I have about 200 lilacs. You know, you, if your lilacs are anywhere near your lawn and you're fertilizing your lawn, you probably don't need nitrogen. Uh, if if you want to, you can do it anytime as soon as they come out of dormancy. Um, nitrogen will help the leaf growth; it won't help the flower growth. So, mm, okay. Yeah. If you would rather send Teresa your text question eight one eight zero seven or call us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Do do do. Oh, here's one text. I want to plant blueberries this year. I tested the soil and came back with a 7.5 pH. (laughs) How much peat moss or any other product should be applied per square foot 
to lower to yeah. the desired four, yeah. four to five. You know what I would do? I would I would definitely go to the extension website. Um, I personally don't use peat moss. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just have issues with it. Um, but, but soil sulfur is something you're going to need, and you're going to need that uh, twice a year at least. So when you get your, your plants, you will want to. They'll come with soil sulfur in the soil. Add some more when you're planting. Top dress it as soon as you're done planting. And then every spring and fall, keep top dressing it with soil sulfur. Um, that's what you're going to have to do. And uh, periodically maybe test your soil to see if you're doing that enough. The peat moss doesn't really lower the pH of the soil that much. Um, so I'd probably just use some compost. Uh, I'd get some good compost or manures. You know, speaking of that website, and I know we've talked from time to time about getting uh, tested, mm-hmm. uh, your your mm-hmm. lawn your mm-hmm. lawn or garden tested, yep. mm-hmm. and that's a good idea. That's it? an excellent idea, especially if, well, not, this person did already get their lawn tested yeah. or their yard tested, but it's a wonderful idea. How do you do that? Um, you know, you go to the website. Um, you can even just Google soil test, do them, and it'll bring you right over to the to the site. Uh, you you grab a bunch of little samples from the, from the space. You mix them together, and you send about uh, three quarters to a cup of soil. I think is what they're wanting, just in a little plastic bag. And you fill out a form and send them seventeen dollars or whatever the cost is. I believe that's what it is, and they'll send you back your report telling you what kind of soil you have the pH, how much organic matter you have. And then if you're putting in a lawn or a garden or blueberries, they'll give you suggestions about what to add, what kind of fertilizer, and what, what amendments you may want to add to your soil. There's a texture that's rather impatient. Okay. What can I do to speed up getting rid of the snow and frozen ground so I can start planting my garden? Well... <laughs> <laughs> You could be trimming back your trees to make sure there's a lot of sun out there. You know, in the snow, you know, those big piles, knock them down, you know, spread them out so they melt faster. And understand that no matter how quickly the ground thaws, we still have cold air to deal with. Yep. So, so, and the ground takes a long time to, to thaw out. You just have to go with it. Um, You could also uh, next year consider putting in hoop little hoop houses or little uh, low low hoops or low tunnels, and that will help you get your gardening up and growing faster. It's something that's very interesting. Oh. So it, with, with some of the hoop houses or even the low tunnels, you can be growing things, you know, through through November into December and then March and starting again. And so you could have been growing already. Even this year with all the snow, you could have been growing in a low tunnel out in March. How about that? Mm-hmm. Teresa, we need to take a break. We do have another half hour of the show to go. If you miss getting in by phone or by text, still have a chance. Call us, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out both by phone and by text. Teresa, I see a line open. Somebody can fill it at uh, 651-989-9226. Got a bunch of text messages okay. at uh, 81807. But, you know, Laura is waiting there in White Bear Lake to ask you a question. Now, thank you, Laura. What is your question? Hi, please? Laura. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I received an amaryllis bulb for Christmas, mm-hmm. and I, I planted it mm-hmm. in a pot and mm-hmm. stuff, and it grew beautifully, and it produced some beautiful flowers. Mm-hmm. But now do I clip clip off since they since they're dead now basically do i clip off the flowers and yep. will, will it produce more um what you want to do is clip off the flowers and keep the plant growing and this summer put the plant outside get it used to being um get it used to being outside so you harden it off 
and give it as much sun as you can. Then you bring it back in the fall. Some people let them go dormant, and then it has enough energy then next year to give you another flower. It's only going to flower once a year. Think of it as a daffodil or a tulip, but it's something that you keep in your house um, in the wintertime, so it can't be in the ground in the wintertime. But, yeah, you want it to have as many leaves and, and just keep photosynthesizing, so it just took a lot of energy to make that beautiful flower. And now you need to let it get a lot of energy back into its bulb again so it can give you more flowers next year. So cut off the dead flower, go ahead and just leave the green leaves. I'd like to thank our sponsor, By the Yard, for sponsoring their show every single week. Thank we you. appreciate that family-run business. Texter says this, Teresa, have been treating three hibiscus trees for two months. White fly issue. Oh, yeah. A used systemic and have been spraying. Trees have been wrapped in clear plastic. They're still blooming and growing. White flies still present. Any ideas? Um, you know, you want to make sure you do have white flies, uh, and and the white flies probably aren't bothering the trees that much. So that's why you're not getting uh, the 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 killing of the flies because they're not in they're not um, eating the plants. Um, so so you may want to put up some sticky traps. That's really good for white flies. The yellow sticky traps. Um, you can make them yourself, or you can buy them, and that will be really good. Uh, shine a light on the yellow at night, and the white flies flock over there, and they all get stuck, and then you just throw them away. That might be something, but yeah. But hibiscus and lots of your house plants or lots of your um, plants you brought in in the fall will really be stressed now because they've just been in our houses so long. You and I were talking about uh, how anxious <laughs> so many of us are to get outside, whether it's lawn work, or garden work, or both. So a texter says, is it too early to put lawn patch down? Yes. It's too early. <laughs> Way too early. <laughs> well... You know, it 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 depends. I guess it depends really on depends. Your yard, what if shape your yard is really it's dry and it's and it's dried out, and you see some grass growing out there, you could go ahead and do it. Some parts of the state that may be viable. In my yard, no, because there's still snow on my yard. Back, to, yeah, mine too. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Jake is calling from Morristown. Jake, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Jake. Hi, Teresa. Really like the show. I work at a lawn and garden center, and I just have a quick question. Sure. Where can I find volcano ash? Volcano ash. You know, I I honestly don't know. That might be something you may have to source online. Uh, maybe look in some of the gardener supply catalogs, like Gardener Supply or some of those. I've never seen it um, for sale that I'm aware of locally. So it's probably something you're going to have to source online. And yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. What can I ask? What you're using that for? Oh, uh, certain certain kind of tomato. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. Like um, yeah, yeah. Um, I I would probably so- try to source it online. So is that real volcanic ash? I would guess. Yeah. yeah. I I don't don't I'm not aware of this. Oh, I mean I know that there's such stuff out such there. A I don't thing. know how you'd use it in your garden. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Great. Now I have something to research when I get home <laughs> today to after classes. Yes. All right. Let's see. Uh bu- 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 I'm interested in plant Texter says this, in planting a climbing vine in a container for my patio. Mm-hmm. Any climbing vines that will do okay in shade? Hmm. Um Oh boy, shade. Brain just went blank. Um, you know the clematis would, but that's an annual or a perennial. Uh, and I, I can't think of any right now. Um, but I would definitely look at your garden center stores, and I would go to our extension website, umn.edu. My brain just wasn't thinking that. Um, uh, I can't can't really think of anything in a container okay. for shade. 
Yeah, it's for just, a climbing vine. For a climbing vine, yeah. it's it's and nothing That's that would be one. more annualish that you're looking for. Um, everything I can think of, you know, you could try the the beans, but you may not get many flowers on those and the purple beans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Question is: Does crabgrass preventer fertilizers also inhibit germination of lawn grass seeds? Yes, it does. It, it it doesn't know the difference between dandelion seeds, crabgrass seeds, lawn seeds. Maple seeds, it knows no difference. Kind of a, another lawn question here via text. When's a good time to put on crabgrass preventer? That's what you would want to use when your lilacs are blooming and the soil is about 55 to 60. Now, if you do have a lot of crabgrass right next to your uh, cemented areas, your concrete, uh, right by the driveway, you could back that up by a week or two because those areas warm up a lot faster than the center of your yard. So you may want to put down two different applications in the two different places. And Sam Bauer and his group has some excellent, excellent um, articles on uh, lawn care on the extension site. Yeah. So I would definitely go there. That's our friend Sam Bauer, yep. our turf guru. He knows everything. Knows the stuff. He's going to be on the show one of these days again, too. Yes, he's amazing. Text number is 81807, or you can call us, call Teresa at 651-989-9226. A texter says, with our wet ground from the snowmelt, how long should we wait before applying pre-emergent herbicide? I wouldn't put any, well... You know, you want the ground to warm up. So, again, I would probably wait till your ground's about 55, 60 degrees, get a thermometer, or just figure out when the lilacs are blooming in your area. They bloom about that time if you've got any lilacs in there. And and always read the instructions. Um, if the instructions say the ground has to be 60, then you need to wait till 60 because it really depends upon what you're putting down the pre-emergent for. All right. Uh, Texas says they want to plant a honey crisp. Where would we be able to buy a young a Honeycrisp to plant in our new yard. Oh, how wonderful. Well, I'm glad you have a new yard. Um, Honeycrisp apples, you're going to be able to find that just about in any garden center will have them. You can even purchase them online. But go to your local garden center, your favorite local garden center. Let them know early that that's what you want. They may have already put their orders in, but they may be able to, like, save one for you. And remember, you do need two different kinds of apple trees or the Honeycrisp and a crab apple so that you get apples. So two Honeycrisp aren't going to cross-pollinate, but a Honeycrisp and a Harrelson or Honeycrisp and your crab apple will pollinate. I always found that interesting. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. just cool. Nature is so cool like I that. I should say. Yeah. yeah. All right. We have callers coming in too, Teresa. Okay. Let's uh, talk to Carol, who's calling from uh, Woodbury. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. Good morning. My question is, um, last fall, somehow the campfire ashes got dumped into my raised garden. Oh, dear. Yes. And I'm wondering, is that better to remove it or to mix it in with the soil? You know, um, I would probably remove it. Our soils are such a high pH already. And, and those ashes really raise the pH again. You can do a soil test, of course, but I would probably remove it um, and, and put them in their proper place, the ashes in their proper place. If a little stay in the soil, it's not a big deal, but I probably wouldn't mix it in because it will raise your pH of your soil, and your plants may not like that. It so may get, get rid a little of it. too high. I'd probably get rid of it. All right, yeah. Carol. Let's see. Robert is calling in from uh, Northfield, I believe. Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. Hi. Th- thank you for taking my call. You bet. Uh, my wife and I are tree lovers, and the result has resulted in a lot of moss on our house, on, the, mm-hmm. on everything. And, of course, I have a garden I want to till up. Is it a, It's more green than black, let me put it that way. <laughs> um, 
is it all right just to till that into the soil? Sure, that's something? not a problem. Now the moss is there because because the soil is um, compacted, or low nutrition, or not enough air circulation, or it's damp, or any combination. So if you can change some of those um, some of those aspects, you may have less soil. But I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about pl- um, putting it into the soil. It really doesn't hurt the soil, and it's not going to hurt any plants. Even if you see a lot of moss come back, it just means that that it's happy growing there, and you can take it off or or just amend the soil with some nice compost. That'll help uh, bring up those nutrients, get some more light in there, some more air circulation. You'll see less moss. Very good. Teresa, quick break is in okay. order. We'll be back here on CCO with more Smart Garden. Your calls and texts for Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, 845 and 39 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden show here on CCO. We're around every Saturday. Thanks to our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Thanks to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney for helping you out, helping us out I love it. here on CCO. All right, we have a bunch of text messages, okay. callers as well. Let's get back to them. Sue is calling, I believe, from St. Francis. Uh, thanks for waiting, Sue. You're on with Teresa. Hi, Sue. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for calling. Um, I planted two limelight hydrangeas, mm-hmm. and I have read and am getting conflicting information on what to do with them. Some people say, oh, I cut mine down every fall to three inches or so. And the directions everywhere say prune off, you know, the old stuff and let them be. Mm-hmm. So I'm hesitant to cut them down because I planted them last year. Mm-hmm. They're they're less than two feet tall. Yep. What should I do? You know, you only need to cut them down if they're getting so big out of their space that you need that that to bring them back in. And that that so you don't have to cut them down ever if you don't want to. You can just trim them to fit the space, and and you could be trimming now if you wanted to. Um, uh, but since they're only two feet tall, you don't have to do anything. So just give them love, and and if they start getting too big, then you can you can carefully prune them back in the spring. Uh, you know, if you need to. Um, but yeah, you don't have to prune them if you don't want. To. So it's just to fit their space and to keep them looking how you want them to look, uh, more upright, more bushy, whatever the design and the how you wanted them to grow and to fit their space. That's how you do it. Okay, very good. good thank, thank you, Sue. Grace is on the line for you, Teresa. Grace from Mountain Lake. Hi, Grace. Hi, Grace. Hi there. I have some um, fruit trees that are growing near some black walnut trees, mm-hmm. and they're really showing some bad signs, yep. and mm-hmm. I'm wondering about transplanting. I have three young ones. Mm-hmm. Um, can they be transplanted now? Well, as soon as, as the soon ground as, as soon as you dig the, as soon as you can dig the soil, do transplant them because they will die from the jug loan. The, the the apple trees especially are very susceptible to the jug loan. So so you need to move them as far away from that um, black walnut as you possibly can. Uh, dig them up. I would remove as much of the soil as possible and then transplant them gently into the new into the new garden space. A lot of um, maybe some compost just to give them a little bit of extra help and no fertilizing this year, but just keep them well watered. Good what, luck. what is that stuff that kind of poisons the area? It's, it's um, you know, lots of plants have chemicals in their system that, that help them te- keep their space. It's their I personal see. space. Um, uh, black walnuts have a chemical called juglone, J-U-G-L-O-N-E, and it impacts and kills a lot of other plants. So there's some plants you can't even grow near them, and because it produces this all its entire life. Um, buckthorn also has a, a chemical that, that 
um, helps kill other plants around it. Not as many plants are as, as wow. impacted. Yeah, so Buckthorn like, too. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's not it's not as prevalent because we're not. It's not as strong. But the juglone is something that's very very strong. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some some you know like hostas don't care, but yeah, apple trees and lilacs and they service do. berries they do care. Texter says I had a new septic tank put in. I had the ground settled for two years now. What would you do to plant grass seed this spring? Would you? I assume they want to build it up somehow. Yep. Um, you know, just uh, if as long as the ground is settled and it's at the right height for you, you would just plant your grass seed as normal. Uh, I would go to Sam's, uh, the extension website, look on the pages uh, for lawn, starting a new lawn, and just go from there. And what is that website again for those just joining us? Extension.umn.edu, or if that's too much to remember, and sometimes it is early in the morning before you've had your coffee, uh, just, just, you know, lawn question, UMN, University of Minnesota. Okay. Texter says, can I take some four-inch diameter limbs off my ash tree today? The tree trunk is about 15-inch uh, diameter, and the tree is healthy. Oh, boy. Um, you know, if if you have to, I, I would do it if you have to, um, if they're lower or there's a problem. Again, you'll never want to take off more than a quarter of the tree at one time, so you may have to do this over two years. And in this case, as soon as you do that pruning, I would definitely seal that up. Um, you don't want to, to get any emerald ash borer, you know, smelling out new, new fresh-cut ashes. Otherwise, if you don't have to do it this time of year, I would not do it. But if it's an emergency and you've got to get it taken, then do the minimum you've got to do and put that pruner, pruner sealer on immediately afterwards. Okay. A lot of folks anxious to get out in the yard. I can yes, see that with are. the text messages. <laughs> my my fingers are kind of like just twitching <laughs> a little bit. I understand. A uh, texter says, what time of year, and maybe Sam has this on the website, what time of year do you aerate and when do you dethatch? I know Sam says from once in a while, you don't always have to dethatch. You don't have to unless you have a thatch problem. Okay. Um, uh, and and uh, aeration is best done in the fall, in the early, late, uh, late summer, early fall, I believe. Uh, and the thatch, you have a thatch problem if you're not um, mowing correctly. But if you mow correctly, you'll never have a thatch problem. And how is that done? Well, you, you let your grass grow maybe three, four inches high, and then you'll never cut back a third of, more than a third of it at a time. You sense a theme here, a third and a quarter. Hmm. Um, because then you're only cutting the leaves, and the leaves decompose quickly. It's when you cut way down and you ah. cut those stems, and those stems are a little tougher. They don't decompose as quickly. And, and so, then, so then they start building up as a thatch. Texter said, growing up, I used to see a lot of mountain ash trees used in landscape. Mm-hmm. Now, not so much. Any reason? And what are the pros and cons of showy mountain ash? You know, I love the showy mountain ashes. and I'm not sure why they're not used as much. Um, they are susceptible to things like fire blight and everything else. And I think a lot of people just don't like, quote, messy, un- unquote, messy trees um, because they, they can drop berries. They do have birds coming and eating and things like that. I think that may be part of the problem. Um, but I have one growing in my backyard. I was thrilled to see it growing back there. So I, I don't know why people aren't planting them because they are a pretty tree. They're a nice tree. You know, not that long-lived. They are susceptible to a lot of diseases. And, and so that could be part of the problem. Um, but, hey, go ahead. If you've got the right spot, go ahead. The birds will appreciate it. Good. Dan is calling from Minnetonka, I believe, with a question. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Hi. I'd like to plant some raised bed gardens this year. Yes. Do you have a recommended height? Um, <clears throat> does it matter? It doesn't matter. 
It can be one and, inch. It can be four feet. And then uh, I was thinking it's Denny, right? Denny Long. Yes. They, yes. They, mm-hmm. you, you're like the luckiest guy to interview an auto mechanic expert. I know it. expert and a home improvement expert. So if, you get education. Denny's smart, too. Dan, he's if only smart. I could do the work now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But he's a smart guy, too. You'd thanks be surprised. Yeah, thanks, Dan. He's, he's right. I do learn a lot of stuff. Usually, especially with people like a master gardener, <laughs> Teresa Rooney. It, it it really is amazing how how well versed you are in everything. Oh, you're very I, kind. I do love it's, that. It's, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of tap dancing yeah. as well. Well, that's okay. That's okay. That works. Car- Carol is calling from Wyoming, Minnesota, with a question. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi. Uh, yeah, I have a hyacinth plant that was beautiful, and now it's just. Um, the the greens. Mm-hmm. So what do I what do I do with it now? You know you have some options because it was forced. It probably won't do very well next year. Um, but you can either let it just gre- be green in your house and enjoy it. You can send it to the compost bin right now and say thank you very much. Um, as soon as the ground uh, thaws out, you can plant. You can uh, put that bulb in the ground. And maybe it will come back. Probably it won't do anything. It will probably just die. But um, that those are your options. You can probably, you know, probably the easiest thing is just to say, hey, I really enjoyed this plant. Enjoy the green as long as it looks good. And then send it to your compost bin. Okay. Good let's luck. see. We have about a minute, less than two minutes to go, okay. Teresa. Uh, the texter missed that the question. The answer we had about creeping Charlie. Again, fall is really the best fall time to do Fall is the best that. time to the, do the it. The texter says, I'm overrun with it. You know, and just just start working this spring as soon as you see it. Just start pulling it up. Uh, Manual pulling it will go a long way, and not letting it seed out will go a long way too. And then not disturbing that soil afterwards. So do the minimal soil disturbing afterwards. You've got a seed bank of creeping Charlie seeds in there, like you wouldn't believe. Anything I can do, Tester says, to help my spindly rhubarb plant, which my grandfather planted in our yard over 50 years ago. Wow. Okay, make sure it's getting as much sun as possible and side dress it with a lot of um, compost or give it some fertilizer because they're really heavy feeders. Should I, Tester says, use a, a shrub fertilizer spike for my climbing hydrangea vine? Not necessary. Not no. really? No. Compost and a little soil amendments if you want. You don't have to use a spike. No, we're, we're almost out of time, but a texter sent a reminder that maybe you can correct me if this is a happy Earth Day tomorrow. It is happy it Earth Day is on Earth the 22nd. Day yes, happy Earth Day. I wanted to say a quick hi to Julie and Bugsy. Okay. I couldn't stop and talk on the way. Bugsy's my one of my puppy friends. I couldn't give him a kiss, so oh. Julie had to do that. Right, so I, so hope I was this running late. <laughs> All right, let's do this, Teresa. Thanks for coming in again, of Thank course. You. It's I always a pleasure. Uh, give us that website of the U of M extension.umn.edu. And there you go. There you go. Thank you, everybody. We'll have another show next week, another Smart Garden Show here on 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.